Let's have a moment of silence, just to be here in the moment, just to still your heart, your mind, and then we can do our call to worship. Jabez cried out to the God of Israel, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm, so that I will be free from pain. And God granted his request. Grace be with you, mercy and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son, the Father, the truth and the life. Amen. The prophet Zephaniah said, the Lord your God is in your midst. The Lord is mighty and will save and will rejoice over you with gladness. The Lord will renew you and love will exult over you with singing. So let us praise, and go praise God and rejoice God with song. Amen. part of our faith journey not only to know God's will for our lives but to believe in it 
and to act according to it, to align our current ways with it. Romans 12 verse 2 says, Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. It's perfect, pleasing and perfect will. This passage gives us an important sequence. A child of God refuses to be conformed to this world, but instead allows him and herself to be transformed by the Spirit. That is why we are here today. To do that, to try and do that, and to be and live like Psalm 119 says, by your words I can see where I am going. They throw a beam of light on my dark path. I've committed myself and I will never turn back from living by your righteous order. I inherited your book on living. It is mine forever. What a gift. How happy it makes me. I concentrate on doing exactly what you say. I always have and always will. As our minds are renewed according to the things of God, then we will know God's perfect will. And so may his will always in every moment become a part of us. Amen. Okay, kids, are you ready to start our Tamariki time? We are going to start today with Isaac doing a prayer for us. Yes, I will bring this a little closer so that everyone can hear you. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. The power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Tell me, what was the best age you've ever been? Five. Five, yes. Three, was that the best age? Nine. Nine, okay. Isaac, you? Seven. Seven. Twelve. Three, okay. Do you think there's a perfect age for you when you get older? Is there there's one age that you can't wait to be? One hundred. okay. Eighteen. Eighteen, yep, perfect. Twenty-one. Twenty-one, yep. 16. 21. When I was young, I couldn't wait to be 16. Then I couldn't wait to be 21. And then for some reason, I couldn't wait to be 30. Strange. I know. But when we are younger, sometimes we think there's this perfect age, right? We think, if only I can be 16, if only I can be 18, then I would be happy. Or then it would be this perfect age. And then everything will be better, right? When we are small, we think these crazy things. Like another crazy thing I thought was when I was young, I would love to mow the lawn. <laughs> it 
looked so cool. My dad walking, doing this perfect line, smelling so good. I, I love that smell of freshly cut grass. And I thought I would love to be able to do that. And then he always said, no, you're too young, you'll get hurt, you're too young. And then one day he said, you are old enough, you can cut the grass today. And he was very happy because they knew he wouldn't have to do it. <laughs> and have any of you ever cut the grass? Yeah. No? Yeah. And did you like it, Meg? It's horrible. <laughs> Why would you want to do it? Why would you want to do it? But sometimes you think if this happens, that will be great. <coughs> if only I'm old enough to do this, then I could be happy. Thank then you. I would be glad. And then if we think like that, we become these people who always think, if only I have this, then I'll be happy. If only I'll have that, then I'll be happy. And that's not the way life works. The perfect age, let me tell you a secret, is the age you are right now. The perfect thing to do is the thing you are able to do right now. And God says, I want you to be happy in this moment. Not when that happens, or when you can do that, or when you're that old. I want you to be happy right here and now. And he says, I know how I can make you happy in this moment. I can give you this promise. I have you in my hands. I have you here, now. Yes, that's exactly, he says that to us. Right here, now, I have you, and I can make you happy in this moment. And that's why we're going to sing a song about that, where God says, every one of us, all that's going on, I've got you, and I want you to be happy in this. So let's sing, he's got the whole world in his hands. Okay, oh, but you're going to stand, yes. Let's stand there, and then you can see the words, and then we can all sing along. Thank you. Today's reading is coming from Psalm chapter 16. It's called a David's song. It's read from the message. Keep me safe, O God. I've run dear life to you. I say to God, be my Lord. Without you, nothing makes sense. And these God-chosen lives all around, what splendid friends they make. Don't just go shopping for a God. Gods are not for sale. I swear I'll never treat God names like brand names. My choice is you, God, first and only. 
and now I find I'm your choice. You set me up with a house and yard, and then you made me your heir. The wise counsel God gives when I'm awake is confirmed by my sleeping heart. Day and night I'll stick with God. I've got a good thing going and I'm not letting go. I'm happy from the inside out and from the outside in. I'm firmly formed. You cancelled my ticket to hell. That's not my destination. Now you've got my feet on the life path, all radiant from the shining of your face. Ever since you took my hand, I'm on the right way. Amen. Thank you. Let's pray. Our gracious God, we gather once again to offer you praise and thanksgiving for your unfailing love and faithfulness. Grant us grace to worship you today in spirit and in truth through the power of your Holy Spirit. Open our eyes to recognize you here among us. Give us courage to step out in faith to meet you and the confidence to follow where you lead. For you are our God, we are your people, we are called by your name. Thank you that we can be here and hear this and, in, and through your grace do this. Thank you for your word that we're about to read. May it open our ears and our hearts and our minds so that we could be faithful followers and disciples and children of your name. We ask all of this in your name alone. Amen. In the last two months, with COVID being what it was and the state New Zealand was in up until a, lot, a few days ago, I almost had what you call survivor guilt. Especially when I was talking with people from home, I almost didn't want to say how things were with us. I felt guilty about how okay we were and how good things were going. I felt lucky. We were happy. We still are, but we felt a real happiness about how things were. Two things most people around haven't felt in a while, haven't experienced in the same way as us, feeling lucky, being happy. Despite what was going on in the world, and we really tried to keep tabs on, on it as much as we could, despite everything that's going on, we still had this normal life, this happy life, and a lot of people haven't. And it's had this major effect on people all over the world. Because no matter where you live or what you do, if you want to acknowledge it or not, at the center, the core of human life, people are searching for happiness. We are all people who want to, in the core of our being, experience happiness. We want to be people who enjoy life, who will look back on our lives and feel, yes, this was good. I had a good run. Mostly we have these lists of things that should happen in order for us to be happy. I'll say it again, in our core, we want to experience joy. How many of the decisions you make on a daily basis, on a monthly basis, is based on the fact that you hope it will bring you joy? 
How many things do you try or practice or learn in order to find joy? In 2015, this amazing movie came out called Inside Out. Have you seen it? It's one of the best movies ever. It's animation, but it is so good. It's all about this little girl, Riley, and it's about how she's dealing with life, and especially how she's dealing with her emotions. In the movie, all of her emotions are people living in her brain, in her headquarters, they call it. And who's running the headquarters? Who's the person in charge? This little yellow bundle of a person called Joy. <laughs> the movie shows this so well, how all the emotions, especially for her, are secondary to that one emotion, Joy. Obviously, Joy struggles very hard to, to keep everyone intact and to keep everyone joyous because, you know, life happens and Riley makes choices and decisions. But you get the point. At our core, we have this little person, maybe, trying to call the shots in our lives, trying to make us feel happy, experience joy. And there's nothing wrong with it. In fact, Robert Louis Stevenson wrote, to miss joy is to miss it all. And I agree. No matter what we've received or achieved in life, no matter what we've bought or said or haven't said, if we missed joy, we missed it all. And so after our series of winter and the news we just received about COVID, let's talk about the other side of the spectrum. Let's talk about joy. But first, let's talk about the difference between happiness and joy. I've specifically used these two words just now interchangeably. And reading and searching about thoughts and writings on joy, I ended up reading a lot about happiness. Now, in what I can gather, the difference between the two is quite big. So excuse my second language attempt at trying to understand the difference. But what I've read is happiness is an emotion, a feeling of pleasure, satisfaction, bliss. It's an external thing, triggered by people or places, events, thoughts. But when we talk about joy, that's something else. We achieve joy, we experience joy in other ways. It's more of an internal thing, a choice that we make. It's an attitude of the heart and spirit inside of us, inside our hearts and minds. Someone says it's this untapped reservoir of potential. So if you think about it, happiness is a feeling of pleasure. It's a reaction to something and it happens quite naturally. We can do things that create happiness, that feeling of pleasure. But doing things to create happiness is not always that great. Sometimes these feelings of pleasure as we know them, they're really bad for us. Things that make us happy mostly make us go down again. It's when we buy stuff we don't really need or can't afford. It's indulging in things that make us happy in the moment, at least for a while, but then at the end it leaves us feeling awful. 
And so happiness can fade. As soon as we get the thoughts, I think this will make me happy. I think this, this may last. Then that fades. It can go away as easily as we thought we had it. There's this very popular idea that we can achieve happiness by maximizing pleasure and minimizing pain, which is untrue. The truth is very different. Pleasure alone cannot, will not make us happy. But we keep on trying to find things that will make us happy and not succeeding or for very long. Because as we know, happiness in this day and age is something someone has a very good job at hiding far away from us. Because how can we be happy if people are killed every day? How can we dance and play when children are starving, when the world is in the middle of this pandemic, when we are yet again so unsure of the future or how things will impact us? How can we be happy and free when so many people are not? When we are not, when the world is such an unhappy place. And so to go back to the beginning, we are people who want to be happy, yes? And maybe in trying to find the answer into where to find happiness, it's not to seek happiness in the world. Maybe for us to find happiness, we shouldn't seek happiness in this world, but create joy in ourselves. Maybe it is possible to feel and experience joy if we seek joy and not happiness. Seeing that joy and happiness is two such different things. Seeing that sometimes we seek joy, but we end up settling for happiness. This fleeting thing. This fading thing. Now, there are a lot of places in the Bible where we read about how to feel and where to experience joy. Especially in the book of Psalms. We read about the joy of the earth. We read about how to find and experience the joy that there is to be found in this earth, just as it is with all its brokenness and sadness, when in the presence of the Lord. Joy is found on the earth, Psalm says. The mountains rejoice, the heavens declare. We read it over and over again. When in contact, when in the presence of the Lord. The earth flourishes in the presence of God. The earth will rejoice even in a time of judgment. There will, be no there will be no fear, just joy, the song strikes. And so with humans, it's no different. We are filled in harmony and joy when we rest in the presence of God. There we can and should experience joy. There we can experience the fact that life can be a feast, that that is what God wants for us. But maybe something new. They read from the book of the law of God, making it clear and giving the meaning so that the people understood what was being read. Then Nehemiah, the governor, Ezra, the priest, and the teacher of the law, and the Levites who were instructing the people said to them, This day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep. For all the people had been weeping as they listened to the words of the law. Nehemiah said, go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks and send some to, do to those who have nothing prepared. This day is holy to our Lord. Do not grieve, 
for the joy of the Lord is your strength. The Levites calmed the people, saying, Be still, this is a holy day, do not grieve. Then all the people went away to eat and drink, to send portions of food and to celebrate with great joy, because they now understood the words that had been made known to them. So the Lord's people are all gathered around, assembling for a whole day. They were all together on the Sabbath, and they were reading. Ezra was reading from the law to them. And the verses just before what we read now, it says that they've been standing there for half a day. At this point, they were standing there, listening to what's been reading to them for hours. And they became overwhelmed by what they heard. They heard what God expected of them. They'd been hearing it for a while, but now they were starting to realize that they were not the people that they supposed to be. They were not living the lives they were meant to live. They were on the wrong track, and so they started crying. They cried, and they were sad. They were pretty down in the dumps. And it's quite amazing if you think about it. They've been listening to the law for half a day, and still they got moved, so moved that they broke down. I mean, we get mad and lose a little bit of interest if a sermon goes over an hour. <laughs> Imagine standing there for six hours. Okay, that was just a side note. <laughs> that was not like a, this is what's going to happen today. The point is they got moved by the word. And then the message comes, do not be sad. It's good to hear the Lord's words. It's good to be touched and moved, even to be shaken by it a bit. Do not cry. Do not be sad. Instead, let the word comfort you and heal you. Let the words transform you. Let it transform you and what you feel and what you've experienced, and let it be turned into joy. If we break it down, what happens is be moved by the words of the Lord, and let it transform you. Let it give you joy. Let the words of the Lord give you joy. And then at the end, go home and have a feast. So let's talk about that today. These three points and how we can take them and build them into our lives. How we can build them into how we see and read the word. How we interact with ourselves and with other people. Be moved. Be transformed. Through the centuries, God's people have gone through these cycles. Cycles where they've neglected the word, neglected their spiritual connection with God, and, and then they just went spiraling down. But by His grace, they are renewed time and time again. And inevitably, one of the main marks of renewal was the word. Before we go too far into the meaning of joy and how we will get it, the bottom line that this scripture tells us today is read the word. Let the Bible move you. Let it transform you. Let it mold you. That's what Jesus often said, Mark 4. He who hears the word, let him hear. Listen to it. Take care of how you listen. For whoever has, to him shall be given. And whoever has not, will be the little that he has will be taken from him. The Bible contains these words, the very words of what we are supposed to put and build into our lives. And that can encourage us when we listen to what's being said. Spend time with it. 
the people who have ears listen to the law. They listened so much that they were moved, that they cried. When last have you been so moved by the word that you started crying? When last did you read something with so much concentration and passion that you started crying? Because that's what happened there that day. All because they were transformed by the word. And that day was this turning point for the people. From that day they were known as people, for, people of the book. They got changed, they got moved, they were transformed. Bottom line is they were spiritually renewed. And all because of the joy found in the Lord. And then we move on. The people made a great rejoicing because they understood the words that have been made known to them. In the presence of the Lord, we will find our joy. For a long time, there was this old proverb that was kind of true in people's lives. Need leads to plead. Need leads to plead. It was the way people lived might still be. It, is a, it was a way that people shaped their ideas, their theology, their spirituality. What it basically says is that my relationship with God is based and born out of a need to receive things, out of a need to be heard and helped. We pray because we want something, we need something, and that's good. But can that be the basis of our conversation and our relationship with God? Is that the basis for why we spend time with God? Or can religion be born out of joy? Born out of our gratefulness to be alive and the fact that God is here with us. It is in our nature to find joy in other places, in all sorts of places, other than in God's self. We find joy in good food, in the beauty of God's creation, in relationship with others. We find joy in our possess possessions and our success. But what if our joy, what if the source of our joy can be found and cultivated in God? That will mean that whatever happens around us, joy will be in us. If we find our source of joy in God, then that means whatever happens on the outside will not be the factor that determines our internal level of joy. Our text is this encouragement, this command, do not be grieved. God wants us to experience joy. God wants us to experience joy so personally that we can come together corporately and it overflows into our midst. Now, I'm not saying that we should suppress our feelings of grief when we do feel it. I mean, there's nothing worse than someone saying, yes, I'm absolutely fine when things aren't going all that well. But underneath grief or sadness, underneath all of it, there can be joy if we find our joy in God's love and grace. And so the... Bible offer us, offers us this hope that we can control our thoughts. We can control and choose to stand in the shadow or the light. We can focus on the things of the earth or focus on the things that come from God. We can dwell on things that cause us anxiety 
or pain or sadness, or we can choose to focus on what's true and honorable and right and pure and good. Where happiness is something that happens naturally, joy is unfortunately sometime, something we have to choose for. In other words, as believers, we have this choice to rejoice. We have this choice where we can decide to live and find our joy in faith. Especially in times like these. Especially. When we do that, when we decide to get our faith, where our joy in faith, then our joy won't fade. It won't be determined on outside factors. And we will find strength when everything else seems and wants to fall apart, even when things aren't going our way, even when the future is so unclear and so uncertain, we can and will find our joy in the Lord. And then the next thing we read is, after all of this, they went home and they had a feast. I read someone said, there's no expression of life without its adequate expression. There's no experience of life without its adequate expression. It's not necessary, but it's so liberating to express our feelings, the joy when we participate in the feast of life, when we create a feast of life. The feast of life gives us wings. It gives wings to the soul. It energizes our body and our life. When we find joy, when we have this inner joy, we can really, we should really express it in a feast to make it tangible. So that when we find joy, we can make it recognizable to those around us. We can make it visible, we can share it in the form of a feast. And a feast can take on many forms. I mean, it can be a really good cup of coffee, a real fancy meal, your favorite dinner, a simple bowl of mussels, a sweet slice of cake. It can happen once a month, every now and then, as long as it happens, as long as we decide to act on the joy we have in the Lord. And then we should celebrate it and share it with those around us. And in that, we will make joy visible to those around us. Have you ever had one of those days where it feels like everything is going wrong? And of course, you try not to show it to everyone. And then someone invites you for tea or someone knocks on the door and spends time with you. And it feels like all the negative energy just kind of flows out of your body, evaporates. It's almost like this sign of relief. I mean, that's having a feast in life, sharing the joy with someone to have a feast of life, and that is what hospitality is all about. To not do life alone, to share in the joys of life, to give each other a place for rest, a place for joy, a place for the good things in life. Simple, extravagant, or just plain and simple, but the joys of life. One of my professors always used to say, most people really only want to hear three things in life. Welcome home. I love you. 
and foods on the table. <laughs> May we find joy in the word. May we find joy in the Lord with one another. And may that be the source of the joy in our life. May it be based on the Lord. Amen. I'll give you a moment of silence. Just let it all sink in. Dear Lord, thank you that you that you work with us, that you talk with us anew every day, numerous times throughout the day. May what we hear and what we've experienced here today, may you fill us with your power so that when we leave here and go out into the world, we may speak your word. We may show your joy in us. May we do that with boldness and effectiveness. May we do that because you've called us to be not of this world, but in this world. May we show your love and kindness and above all your joy. No matter what happens in this week. Thank you that we can ask this in your name. Amen. the Lord, oh my
not going to take offerings just here now just for social distancing but the you can do it when you go out they will they, they'll be placed on the side of the door but we can bring in the the food yeah that will be good and then we will do our prayer and after this our prayer for others Dear Lord, what we have is a gift from you, and what we give is our gift to you. May these bless these offerings and the food we share may be a blessing in the hands of those who receive it. Amen. Now pray for others. Thank you, Lord, for being with us today, as you are with us every day. We thank you for the dawn chorus as the sun rises, reminding us that this is your world, created by your word. We pray for those who are trying to protect our environment. May they be listened to by the decision makers. The effect of COVID-19 on our environment when people stop traveling has been positive. We pray that the decision and policy makers can take this into consideration when they try to relaunch and re-establish their economies, that they use this as an opportunity to balance the economy with the environment. COVID-19 has also affected the way people think about their lives, their place in the world, with many wondering, is this it? We pray that we may use this questioning by others to share the good news that this isn't it. There is eternal life with God the Creator and Jesus our Saviour to come. We pray also for the people of Lebanon, especially those living in Beirut, after the massive explosion that took 100 lives, well actually 200, and injured hundreds of others and destroyed their homes and businesses. Already struggling because of COVID-19, this has just made a bad situation worse. We pray for the families of the dead and injured. We place them in your care. May your spirit bless them with the grace and comfort. The explosion has also destroyed the Lebanon's wheat supply, meaning they only have enough food for a few months. We pray that the other countries may be generous in their support, even though they may have their own problems with COVID. These people will soon be starving if we don't share what we have. We are all in this together for the long term, and this is no time for selfishness. We pray for our own community here in Johnsonville, as we all face the many challenges ahead because of COVID-19. We rely on you for strength. Enable us to use that strength to support our community. Open our eyes, our hearts and minds 
for opportunities not just to support them in practical ways, but enable us to offer your caring love. We are socially distanced in space, but not in spirit. In your name we pray. Amen. We can now stand for the benediction and our last song after that. And as we now go out into the world, this is not the end of our service. It is only the beginning as we go with the words, may the Lord bless you and keep you, protect you, sustain you and guard you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you with favor and be grace, gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance, his face upon you with divine approval and give you peace, a tranquil heart and life. Amen. Thank you, and thank you to everyone who played and sang and read and prayed with us together in the service. Stay for coffee, and then we'll see each other next week.